Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our special consideration this morning is found in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him by being rooted and built up in him and strengthened in the faith, just as you were taught, while you overflow in faith with thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, which are in accord with human tradition, namely the basic principles of the world, but not in accord with Christ. For all the fullness of God's being dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been brought to fullness in him. Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him, with a circumcision not done with, by human hands, in the, the putting off of the body of flesh, in the circumcision of Christ, when you were buried with Christ in baptism. And in baptism you were also raised with him through the faith worked by the God who raised Christ from the dead. Even when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to the cross. After disarming the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them by triumphing over them in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the things that we set out to do not too many years after I became this congregation's pastor, was to have a new logo designed. We wanted something attractive that would give us some brand identity, to use a marketing term, but that would also have meaning. Ironically, one of the challenges in achieving our goals was our name. Christ means everything to us, but to the outside world, sadly, doesn't mean all that much just because it's heard so much and seen so commonly. And if we wanted something that would be unique and help us stand out, the, the most standard symbol of Christ, the cross, wouldn't exactly do the trick either, at least not all by itself. Christian history and theology gives us all sorts of other symbols with deep significance, but few of them would have any meaning to anyone outside the church. So we thought and sketched and tried and failed until finally we came up with something that seemed like a winner. We don't have it printed anywhere on, on the bulletin today, but those watching on the live stream can see it on our, our website. Um, and I was happy to find the, the banner from our dedication in 2008, which has a version of the logo on it there. Our logo was inspired at least somewhat by the first two verses that we just read from Colossians 2 but it, it lent itself to all sorts of other truths in other passages of Scripture. The idea of being rooted in Christ obviously implied a, a plant of some kind, and there is powerful tree symbolism elsewhere in the Bible, most notably in the very first psalm, which says, How blessed is the man! 
who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, who does not stand on the path with sinners, and who does not sit in a meaning, meeting with mockers. But his delight is in the teaching of the Lord, and on his teaching he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaves do not wither. Everything he does prospers. So the image of a tree conveys ideas like life, growth, and prosperity, which even the most secular person could recognize. I also liked the, the sense of solidity and immovability that the picture of a rooted tree communicated. This is important in a spiritual and theological sense, but also in a practical one. At the time we adopted the logo, we were still meeting in a rented facility and did not even own property. We also had noted how many of the people in our area, the people we were trying to reach, experienced a high degree of impermanence with moves and job transfers, new assignments and such. And so we thought that this picture of permanence would be another positive image. Of course, once we bought our property here and then built our church, it was really nice that we had some nice big green trees on the grounds <coughs> to accompany the image on our logo. Some of you may even recall that there were plans for taking that imagery even further. There was a massive oak tree that we had to take down before construction, and we were going to use its wood for the furniture up here on the chancel. That didn't happen, but we still have some magnificent oak lumber in the shed waiting for it to be put to an appropriate use. And that cross above the chancel up there, that was made from that wood. But obviously, the most important imagery in our logo was the roots reaching down deep into the solid ground of Christ for life, strength, nurture, and stability. This is appropriate not just because Christ is our name, which outsiders would recognize easily enough, but most importantly, because Christ is the only source there is for everything we need, everything we have, everything we do, and everything we want. He gives us our identity in every way. Another way that we might say this is that Jesus is all about us, so we are all about Jesus. That's the general message of our readings today from Ephesians 2 and John 3, and also our text from Colossians 2. Take hold by faith of your salvation by grace in Christ, and then, in your new nature and identity, do the good works that please God and that He has planned for you, and in so doing, strengthen and mature your faith. Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit, does a masterful job of reminding us as Christians how we came to be who we now are. It wasn't because we were naturally worthy of God's favor, nor was it because we succeeded in making ourselves holy enough to get His approval or, or even His attention. No, 
like the Colossians, like all people ever and everywhere, we were dead in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of our flesh. Paul used the same language in Ephesians 2. We were dead in trespasses. So spiritually speaking, there was nothing in us that it could enable us to save ourselves or, or even reach out to God and ask for His help. No strength, no will, no divine spark, no latent goodness, nothing. We were 100% entirely, completely dead. And even worse than that was the record of our debt brought against us by God's legal demands. We were condemned because of our sins. Because we failed in every way to live up to the standards of perfect holiness that the Lord requires for eternal life and entry into heaven. In other words, we were not merely dead. We were going to hell to suffer an eternal death separated from the love of God and experiencing the full cost of all our disobediences, pride, and rebellions. But what happened to that record of our sins and guilt? Jesus happened. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God took that record of your lies and my abuse, our secret idolatries and our open arrogance, my misuse of His name and, and your destruction of others' reputations. He took all of our sins, all that evidence that we should be forever condemned, all that evidence that we should receive the just sentence of death. God took it and nailed that record of our sin to Christ's cross where it remains never to judge or terrify us again. This is how God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. And when the Holy Spirit leads us to trust in Jesus and in His life, death, and resurrection for us, then we receive Christ as our Lord and we have a completely new life. You were buried with Christ in baptism. And in baptism, you were also raised with Him through the faith worked by the God who raised Christ from the dead. So this then, is where our roots are sunk. In Christ Jesus. Not only our Lord, but especially, by God's amazing grace, our Savior. So Paul encourages us to live in keeping with our identity and in joyful gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. Don't take anything for granted. And, and don't just set your spiritual life on, on cruise control. Continue to walk in Him by being rooted and built up in Him and strengthened in the faith just as you were taught, 
while you overflow in faith with thanksgiving, we put our roots deep by delighting in the teaching of the Lord, reading our Bibles, studying them with others, coming to church for the preaching of the Word and mutual encouragement. We feed ourselves from those deep roots in Christ by remembering our baptisms, by daily confessing our sins and taking hold of His forgiveness, and by receiving God's greatest blessings in the Lord's Supper. We devote ourselves to finding and receiving this deep spiritual nourishment all the days of our lives. And when we do that, we do what well-rooted and well-nourished trees are meant to do and love to do. We grow in Christ. Yes, we certainly grow in knowledge as we study God's Word, but we also grow in Christian maturity, in a stronger faith, in service, in, in love for God and for others, and in every kind of good work because we are God's workmanship. And this prospering has always been His loving plan for us. And it is something that we continue in all our lives. You probably know that, for the most part, trees keep on growing as long as they live. That should be our goal for our lives as Christians and for this congregation, to keep on growing spiritually as long as we live. You know, it is, it is frustrating and, and sad when, when sometimes believers reach a certain age. With, with some, it might be 70, with others, 17. And they say, well, I am who I am and what I am now, and I've learned whatever I'm going to learn. I don't see any point in, in doing the work of studying or, or gaining new knowledge or applying any new insights to the way that I think or speak or behave. But God is never done growing any of us. So to say, I'm done growing, is spiritual arrogance, rebellion, and laziness. Just what our sinful natures encourage in us. But that is not who we are in Christ. He has triumphed over all of our enemies. Satan and our sinful natures included. And so there is no reason to listen to any of them anymore. Paul here tells us, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, which are in accord with human tradition, namely the basic principles of the world, but not in accord with Christ. Those instructions have never seemed more timely or urgent, given how our culture today bombards us as believers with, with so many ideas that are attractive but empty, that sound so reasonable but are, in fact, foolishness. So, continue to walk in Christ. Put down your roots in Him ever, ever deeper. Be built up in Him and strengthened in the faith just as you were taught and grow 
as happy, healthy trees do, not just as, as individuals, but as a congregation. Today and tomorrow, as long as you live, remember that, that there are different types of growth. Numbers, finances, ministry, outreach, experience, knowledge, and, and, and all of these kinds of growth are good, and God will, in His wisdom, decide which of these to give you and, and when. But the most important growth of all is spiritual growth to maturity. And that is something that is never achieved, but it's always a work in progress, a change in you and through you that the Holy Spirit loves to work. And as you do what is true, you come toward the light that God sent into this world to save it. And all you do, all your deeds will be seen as having been done in connection with God. I want to emphasize that Christ's Lutheran Church, as a congregation and all its members, being rooted and growing in Christ is not just my prayer for your future. This is my joy because it is your present reality. This is who and what you are now. And I know that the Spirit will make and keep you rooted and growing in Christ tomorrow. I mentioned at the beginning that the, the tree imagery of our logo fit nicely with all sorts of other images and illustrations in, in the Bible. I'll mention one more. Jesus told a simple and memorable parable at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on bedrock. The rain came down, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. But it did not fall, because it was founded on bedrock. Everyone who hears these words of mine but does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. It was completely destroyed. Replace house with tree. And the meaning and application essentially remain the same. If you put down your roots in the rock that is Christ and His teaching, you will have a solid, unmoving foundation. Not just for survival when the rains and floods come, though that's important, but also, and importantly, for life and growth now and in the future. The alternative, trying to put down roots in the sand of merely human ideas or, or false religions of works, is unthinkable, even impossible, for those who have received Christ Jesus as Lord and have Him as their head. So, Live long in the Lord. Prosper with the gospel. Be rooted and growing in Christ. Amen. Please rise. May our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father 
who loved us and in His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. Amen.